You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us for our midweek service tonight. My name is James Keyes, and I want to welcome you. I want to welcome our family far and wide. We have an extended family worldwide, and I want you to feel right at home. So please pull up a seat, grab your coffee, whatever you need, and let's get ready to look into God's Word together. Again, as I said, my name is James Keyes, and this lesson that I'm going to cover today is called The Spirit of Worship and Praise. Now, this topic is so extensive. It is so broad and wide. There's no way that we can cover it all, that I could cover it all in one night. So what I'm going to attempt to do tonight is at least lay the foundation of worship and what that is. So let me ask you an important question. When you think of worship, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Isn't it singing? Because me, I love singing. I love singing to God. I love worshiping God with my, my voice and from my soul. Everything that I have, being able to give back to God. But throughout this study, we're going to find that singing isn't necessarily the definition of worship. Worship and singing are not synonymous. They're not interchangeable. However... Singing is a key part of worship. It is a key part. It's crucial. So what I'm going to lay tonight, and what I'm going to hope to lay tonight, again, is the solid worship foundation, though, because singing is a part of it. Think of singing as the kind of the frosting on the cake. But we got to layer the cake. We've got to get that first layer first. Say it. So with that said, I'm going to go to God in prayer, and then we're going to start. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God of Israel, God of all creation, Father, I, I come to you now and, and ask that you would move me out of the way and that your voice can be heard, regardless of the notes, regardless of anything else, God, that uh, your voice can be heard and that the church can be edified. Father, I pray that uh, everyone who listens to this far and wide, God, really meditates on the, the deep message that's within it. Please bless this time or tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So again, I mentioned about singing with worship. And that's that's incredibly important because to me, taking worship and singing out of church will be like getting rid of baptism. That's how serious it is. That's how serious it is to God. So we're going to dive in and... Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to cover much about singing tonight. But again, the goal is to lay the foundation. So let's let's dive in. We mentioned I mentioned already. We're going to cover just worship, and I looked up worship in the Webster Dictionary, and here's what it says. It's, it gave me two entries. The first entry says to honor and show reverence for as a divine being or or spiritual or, or supernatural let me repeat that again to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power that's the first one the second entry says this to regard with great and extravagant respect honor or devotion 
Did it mention anything about singing in that definition? No, it didn't. Didn't mention anything. But again, singing is a part of worship. And we'll get into that as well. Because you think about if singing was removed from worship, the whole essence of that connection, that meeting where words fail to connect, a lot of times music does. It gets deeper inside. But we're talking about specifically worship. Why is worship though important? Here's a few things I wrote down. This is not, you know, encumbrance of everything, but it's just a few things I wrote down. Number one, worship is important as it glorifies, honors, and shows love, obedience, and reverence from us toward God. Number two, worship is complete surrender to God's authority in our lives. Number three, it creates a personal relationship between God and us, the believers. Number four, it can also help bring communities together as some people feel a stronger bond and a greater connection. And and, and it, they gain a deeper understanding of Christianity through attending worship service. And number five, it also encourages, it helps build up and strengthen us and others in our faith. So those are just some of the things, those are just five of the things that why worship is important. Now we're gonna we're gonna look at a scripture here soon, but first I'm gonna read this this first scripture to you. It's in Ephesians chapter five, nineteen through twenty, and starting in verse nineteen, it says, "Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father." For everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible here is calling us to sing to one another and to God from the Spirit, from our hearts, always giving thanks. It's amazing how those two connect. That is not just your voice making a noise, it's coming from your heart, it's coming from your gratitude. But here's what the Bible says worship is. We read Webster Dictionary, but here's what the Bible says. This is more important. I really want you to catch this. It's in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the spirit of worship, as we can see here, is so much more than a song or or clapping our hands or raising our hands or saying, amen, brother. 
It's so much more than that. As you can see here, it talks about presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Well, what does that mean? What does that really mean? That means living for God, denying yourself and putting God's will above your will, putting God's desires above your desires and living a life in such a way. This is not a, a, a to-do list though, because we're talking about spirit and we're talking about the heart. It's a to-be list. It's something to strive to be. It's not, I've got to be this robot, a spiritual robot and make sure I check off all the boxes. No, it's, it's more of my heart connecting to God. Here's what, here's what John says uh, to uh, Israel and the, and the, and the Gentiles. This is in uh, John 4, chapter 4, 23 through 24. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true believers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. I'm going to pause right there because I, I, wanted, I want to I'll tell you a little story about me. I grew up in a church. I've, I've been in a church before I could remember. I think I, think I was probably born in a church. Uh, but I just remember growing up in a church and, and, and as a black family, surprise, I'm black, but as a black family, we were made to go to church. It, was, it wasn't an option. You had to go. But I remember being part of the choir and I remember singing and, and worshiping and I'm singing these songs. But I wasn't singing them from the place that these scriptures call me to sing from. And, I, and as I looked through these scriptures years later and I really learned what worship was. Again, if you don't leave with anything else, leave with worship is more than just a song. It is more than just a song. It's more than the things we sing. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, brother, thank you so much for singing, man. I come to this church just to hear you sing. And I feel bad for them. I really do. I appreciate the encouragement, but I really feel bad for them because they're missing the essence of true worship. So let me continue on. It says, but the hour is coming, it's now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. The Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So we're going to break that down, though. We're going to dig into that. We're going to unpack that a little bit more. So what does... Worship God in spirit and truth mean? Let's start with the spirit part. So what what is spirit, first of all? What what spirit? Whose spirit? My spirit? Your spirit? Whose spirit? There's a lot of spirits. God's spirit? What spirit is it? Paul says to the Christians in Philippi, this is him speaking in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, let's get you there. So you're on the same page. Great. It says, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human efforts. 
Look at what spirit we're talking about. For we worship by the spirit of God. We who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are circumcised. He said, what do we rely on? We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. See, that story sets in our heart. It sets in our being. It's part of the, the core foundation where we sing from. Again, it's not American Idol. It's not, uh, um, you know, your time on stage at the Apollo or whatever whatever new shows they got out there. I'm dating myself. I'm going back. I think they got the voice and a whole bunch of, you know, Americans got talent or whatever it is. It's not that. So if you approach, I'm going to go worship. I'm going to get up there and sing because I can sing better than that person. Or I can lead better than those song leaders. Then I challenge you to look at the scripture and look at your heart. And I challenge you to look and see which one is lined up with God's will. Let's continue on. It's the Holy Spirit of God that does these things. It awakens our understanding of how deep, how high, how wide the love of God is. It's the same Holy Spirit that causes an eruption of appreciation and celebration and sometimes happy tears and thanksgiving and rejoicing. It's the Holy Spirit that opens our eyes and remember to remember all that God has done and is doing and is yet to do. It's that Holy Spirit that's ruminating inside of us. As Robert Carrillo has said already in the past, he, he, he used this quote that I'm going to use as well, but he mentioned we are spiritual beings. So we're a spirit wrapped in human flesh created in the image of God. Spirit wrapped in human flesh, created in the image of God. So, in spirit and truth, it's not just the spirit of God, though. It's also our spirit in alignment in an agreement with God's spirit as one. It's both fused together. And, and here's a quote. And this quote is by a gentleman that is a French was a French priest. His name is Pierre Tardin de, Tar, de Targin. Let's get, let's get there. There we go. De Targin. It says, we are not human beings having a, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So God has already created us. We are spirit, but he also gives us his spirit. So those two have to be in alignment and they have to agree that the spiritual things that are in the Bible, if they're true, do we believe in them? Will we follow them? Those two have to be in complete alignment for this worship to happen. Now let's talk about truth. So we covered spirit. We know what spirit is. We're very clear on spirit. It's God's spirit and it's our spirit working together as one. Amen? Amen. So let's cover truth. What is truth? What truth? Whose truth? Your truth? My truth? Uh, the, 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 the world's truth? Whose truth are we talking about here? That's a question even Pontius Pilate had for Jesus. 
He said, what is truth? In John 18, 33 through 34, it says this. So Pilate went back. This is after Jesus was handed over to Pilate by the, by the, by the Jews. And Pilate was a Roman. So he went back. It says he went back into the governor's residence, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you are saying this, are you saying this on your own? Into, and I'm messing this up. I'll go back. Let me take my time. <laughs> so, Pilate went, so Pilate went back into the governor's residence, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, are you saying this on your own initiative or have others told you? about me Pilate answered am I am I not a Jew I am not a Jew wow I'm, I'm, I'm messing this up let me bag up Pilate answered I am not a Jew am I your own people Pilate's talking to Jesus here your your own people and the chief priests Handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my servant would be my servants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. But it is my but it is but as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Then Pilate said, So you are a king? Jesus replied, you said that I'm a king. For this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked, what is truth? Then he had said this. When he had said this, he went back outside to the Jewish leaders and announced, I find no basis for accusation against him see Pilate asked Jesus what is truth and all along Jesus was telling them what truth was that he wasn't from here that he was coming here for a reason but Pilate still that he didn't hear that he didn't hear what he what what Jesus was saying here's what it says in John chapter 8 uh, chapter 8 verse 31 32. It says, to the, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. From this passage, we can see that truth comes from God and can only be obtained by holding on to the teachings of Jesus. John 14, verse 6 says this, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Again, we're looking for what is truth. Here's Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because again, we're worshiping in spirit and truth. John 17, verse 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. 
So here we see one passage says, Jesus is truth. The other one says, the word of God is truth. So which is true? That's a little contradictive, isn't it? As you look at it, okay, one, okay. Well, let's dig a little deeper. Here's what John chapter one, one through four says. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. In him was life. We just read truth and the life. Jesus said, I am the truth and the life. So what's at work? What is truth? Jesus and the word are one. It's not one or the other. It's the two together. It's Jesus and the word. Jesus was the word with God. He came in human form and walked the earth. It's amazing if you really wrap your head around what true worship it is in spirit and truth. It comes from a much deeper place than just your vocal cords. It comes from a much deeper place. And here's the thing. Singing and worshiping in spirit and truth, it, you can worship in spirit and truth in art, in dance, in poetry, in, 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 in serving the poor. Uh, you can worship spirit and truth in, in giving financially. You can worship in spirit and truth uh, by serving in the church. There's so many ways you can worship in spirit and truth. Again, singing is, is one part. It is not everything. What's everything is really understanding spirit and truth ruminating inside of us. So let's 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 keep this party going. <laughs> so truth is not it's not even what we think. It doesn't matter what we think. We can think the earth is flat. We can we can think the sky is uh, a red, uh, you know, whatever weird thing we can come up with. It doesn't matter what we think, how we were raised, what we were taught. Once we see the truth in God's word, which God's word is the absolute truth. Then we can go from there and start making a decision, maybe a different decision, maybe going in a different direction, realizing um, if I want to be in line with God's word and being able to be a true worshiper, let me check, have some checks and balances here so I can line up my will with God's will. As I already mentioned, this is not a to-do list. This is not as far from a to-do list. It's a to-be list. I wrote down my own little definition of what I believe sums up worship. In one sentence, for me personally, it's an outward expression of an inward connection. Whenever, whatever I do, I really try to make sure I'm lining myself up with God's will. Whether it's in speech, whether it's in action, whatever it is, I'm trying to make sure I line myself up 
whether it's interacting with people, I can I can worship in spirit and truth by interacting with my spouse, with my children, with my family, with my with my roommates, with 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 my neighbor, with my coworker, uh, with anything. You can worship God in spirit and truth if you go from this point of God's view, God's point of view. What pleases the Lord? Let me speak from that place. Let me operate. Let me react and respond from that place of that deeper connection. That's what worshiping in spirit and truth is. So let's do a quick recap. Be doing a quick recap what we covered. Because it's important that this really sinks in. That the that the that the little messages that were in there, you really grab hold of them. So I'm really going to have you, if you can't take a picture of this next slide I'm going to show you, but I really want you to go back and, and possibly view this lesson again if you missed anything, because I really wanted to sink in. Here's what we learned tonight and what we covered. We co what is worship? We covered is presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That is, It's more than a song. It's more than a song. Because think about a song for a second. Can you sing without worshiping? Can you sing a song without worshiping? Absolutely you can. For sure you can. I can sing uh, 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 whoever, uh, Adele, whoever's out there. You know, you can sing whatever song. However, here's my next question that goes along with that. Can you be a true worshiper without ever singing to God? I'm going to have you look back at the scriptures and let you answer that yourself. Can you really be a true worshiper and never sing to God? The next thing we covered, next thing we learned is a true worshiper has two parts. The two parts are spirit and it's truth. You got to have both of them working in conjunction with each other. Then we broke down, the third thing we broke down was spirit. In spirit and truth, we broke down what is spirit? What spirit are we talking about? We're talking about God's spirit and our spirit in agreement and unified as one. We can know about God and believe in God, but if we're not obeying, we're not in agreement. We just know that was what the word says. I believe there's a God, but if we get to the point where we're like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to go with God so far, but I'm going to stop. Hmm. I'll let you decide that was looking at God's word. We also learn that what truth is and spirit and truth. Truth is Jesus is the word of God. He is the son of God. That he came from heaven <laughs> in a human form. It blows my mind just to conceptually think about that. That I'm so above and I'm, I'm risen above and I'm in heaven already with God. That I would make the choice. To humble myself, to be put in human form. That humbles me every time I think about it. So with that said, we're going to wrap out with this last thought. I want you to leave with feeling this way and understanding this. That we can now, with full confidence, approach the th throne of grace. You can, with full confidence, approach the throne of grace, having a deeper understanding of a definition of what true worship is, what spirit is, what truth is. And that next time we sing, 
the next time we we serve we're coming from a deeper place it's a inward connection and it's an outward expression to god be the glory thank you so much for your time god bless you you've just listened to the metro la podcast for more information about our ministry please visit metrolaregion.com 